You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons, unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate, a series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about open-ended questions. Yes, we are. You know that we, uh, Brenda and I have a tendency of exploring topics and (laughs) random topics. And this was one of those random topics where we thought, oh, how fun would it be to do open-ended questions? And we rabbit trailed and we just bounced from one article to another article to the point where we may not remember which article it came from, (laughs) but, but we're really looking forward to this conversation. And hopefully today's topic will get you, the people listening, to also start maybe asking different questions on how can how can you be someone who who actually instigates open-ended questions and the benefits of that. So I think it's going to be a great topic. I know for me, I, f- I feel like um, what I'm learning is that everyone can ignite and initiate conversations. And I think sometimes we think, oh, it's so hard. Like, I don't know how to start a conversation or I don't know. But actually, there are some very easy steps on how to initiate an engaging conversation because usually we're stuck with the yes, no answers. But there is there are really simple steps. And that's what we want to talk about today is those just a few steps that could help all of us improve our our engagement level. <laughs> yes. It's almost like a little bit of a throwback to our very, very first episode on socializing in in a, in a small way, back to where we first began. <laughs> but I'm really drawn to this topic because I, I do think this is something where I personally still am trying to get better and, and be able to engage in conversations more by using these open-ended questions. I personally find that when I go to have conversations with other people, I find myself doing the thing where I'm relating to people a lot. So Karen, if you said, you know, I love avocados and guacamole. And and then I might just say, oh, I love avocados and guacamole (laughs) too. And here's why and so on and so forth. But all of a sudden I'm not, I'm no longer actually being curious or engaging in conversation with you. Now I'm just talking about myself. So it's not the same thing. (laughs) Okay. So when we were prepping and you brought that up, it really sparked interest in me. And I noticed how much I do it. Really? Yeah. Like just simple. Yesterday, Corey and I were at the driving range. He went, oh, I think I just got bit by a mosquito. And I went, I got bit by a mosquito. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I went, oh, I just did that relatable thing instead of like, how does that make you feel, Corey? <laughs> right. Where did you get bitten by a mosquito? When do you think it happened? <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, so but I noticed I've noticed it a handful of times already where I'm using relatable instead of an open-ended question. So challenge accepted, Brenda. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and I don't think we're alone. I think that's a way that a lot of people have learned or you know been trained to to have conversation because we think that if we're we can relate to people, then that's going to then we're going to find more similarities and we're going to build rapport. But through this topic of open-ended questions, we're finding that actually just continuing to be curious and staying engaged and mm-hmm. asking those open-ended questions is you're going to learn a lot more from about the people that way. Yeah. Oh, 
Exciting. It is exciting. (laughs) Okay. I do want to say uh, the benefits. We're going to, I just want to touch on the benefits uh, and then uh, we'll dive into the points that we, so the benefits of open-ended questions is what we just said. It's engaging in conversations. So your conversations are going to be way more interesting (laughs) when you ask open-ended questions. Um, It also helps initiate conversations. So there's key ways of initiating a conversation to spark something, um, that initial uh, point of contact. Um, It also, open-ended questions, also keeps the conversation going. So when you're feeling that uncomfortableness, you can ask another open-ended question that will just keep the conversation alive and lively. And then the the fourth benefit, which I love, is you learn something new. The whole point of an open-ended conversation is you get to learn something you would have never thought of learning if you didn't ask the open question. You didn't even know you were interested. But because of that open-ended question, you're learning something new. And I thought that was cool. We like learning new things <laughs> yes, here. Do. Undo that well. <laughs> yes, we do. So we're going to do something a little different today, which is that we are going to lead with all of our solutions. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so rather than talk about the problem, we are going to just start and jump right in with here are ways that you can ask open-ended questions so that you can reap all the benefits that Karen just outlined for us. Mm-hmm. So our first one is start open questions with how or with words that begin with W, such as what, when, where which, and who. We'll get there in just a moment, but we're avoiding why. Yes. Avoiding the why question. (laughs) Yes. Stay tuned. You'll find out why. (laughs) Why are you avoiding the why? Um, I remember uh, in sales that one of the great sales technique is you start every question with what. So what brought you in today? What is your favorite color instead of do you like this or do you like that? So in sales, you want to avoid the yes and no. So I thought this was interesting that it's true. What is a really great way to initiate a conversation? It's usually going to be with people you don't know very well. So you don't have that comfortableness where you're not comfortable in silence with them yet. Um, So you could say, what made you come to this party? Or when did you get here? Um, when was the last time you ate? Like all these things are just creating a conversation for them to tell you more. And then once they answer that question, now you have information that you can really get the conversation going. Mm-hmm. So that, that was one of my thoughts. This is where I start to feel challenged or it's a little challenging for me. So maybe you have some thoughts on this, Karen. We'll see. Because just in your examples, even that you were giving, you can see how some of those questions they're not yes or no questions, but they're still questions that could be very easily answered with one sentence or one word. So then is the key in that scenario to just keep asking more questions or is it to try and find a different way or a different question that is going to create more dialogue? So I'll give you an example. So if I am at a party or meeting someone for the first time and I say, what's your favorite color? And they might say red. And I'm like, okay, well, shoot, that was my question. Uh, <laughs> you know, so then is my is my goal here then to just keep asking more questions such as, oh, red, are there particular shades of red that you like? Or should I avoid asking questions that have a simple answer like that? Do you see that 
it's, mm-hmm. it's very nuanced and a slight difference, but I think this is where I start to get a little tripped up when it comes to open-ended questions. Okay. So I do have a thought. <laughs> I was getting ready to record. I was thinking about myself, like, what is it? What's my go-to? And I can summarize in one word. I, I'm going to want the person to explain. So explain. And you'll actually catch me once in a while. I'll do it. Uh, someone will say something like, oh, okay, explain, explain that. And that's my go-to to keep the conversation going. If they say, I said, do you like pizza? No. Oh, you don't, you don't. Okay. Explain that. Like I'll do, that'll be my go-to. To, yeah. So I realized today that that's what I do. Okay. I like I, that. Yeah. So do you, what's your favorite color? Red, red. And why? <laughs> like, or, and can we explain what, <laughs> it, what is it about red that you like it so much? Talk to me, like, because that's so not what I would have thought you were. Like, it's that just explain it. And that's my go-to. That, that helps my subconscious to remember. I, I can get more of an answer out of them. Mm-hmm. I like that because that then if you can't come up with another question, you're still prompting them to give you more information. Mm-hmm. And also... Well, you you have a great sense of humor. So for you, that's going to be your advantage is you can get a little playful. So you would, uh, so what's your favorite color? Red. Red. I thought for sure you're going to say gray. Like you, you would, there is also that bit of humor that you can bring into it. If you know, right. you can, that's what you can. But when it comes to just that initial explain is my, my go-to for sure. Ooh. Okay. Love it. Love it. Here's another one though. Like I have another answer because, um, there are, it's called probing questions. So I, I didn't know that. And probing questions is where you ask for clarity. So what is your favorite color? And why is it your favorite color? You actually do both questions at the same time. Mm. Mm-hmm. I did not know that until you can stack, started researching. You can stack your open-ended yeah. questions. Like you're anticipating that's going to be a one answer. This would probably be a one answer. So, and you have to explain why. Or and... Why is it your favorite? So that's, they do that in the workplace too. Um, did you enjoy, did you enjoy this training? And what would you do differently? Or, and what part did you enjoy the most? And so they, that's the probing side of open-ended questions. Okay. I like it. Small tangent, but I find that what happens when I'm in these scenarios is then I'm so busy thinking about what to ask next that I sometimes miss the information that's being given to me. (laughs) So practice, practice makes perfect. Anyhow, well, moving on to our second point of today's episode, point number two is the exception to the the W words. So the exception to beginning with what, when, where, which, and who is to not start questions with was or other forms of the verb to be and to do, and in general to avoid why questions. Uh, Human nature leads people to make up a rational reason even when they don't have one, and we normally ask why only about ratings to tease out more open-ended questions. Uh, So as you were just saying, rather than saying why, you would say explain or Please tell me more of that or elaborate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked it when we got to this one. I thought it was, I never thought of it. It made sense to me that if you say why, it can come across a bit of a tacky. Mm-hmm. Like a people don't, Yeah, like people don't know your motive behind saying why. I was actually thinking 
when I'm frustrated, I'll go, um, how do I do it? And now I'm going, like now I'm going, oh, I shouldn't even do it that. I'll go, so curious, <laughs> or hey, if you could help me understand why X and Y, Z, you know, and I can see even by even prefacing, help me to understand Sometimes I can feel the person feeling defensive and I'm trying to keep it open. But even if I preface the why with help me to understand why you did what you did, it still sounds accusatory or judgmental. judgmental and I didn't even know that till we, till we did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I would, I, I agree. That really jumped out as me to, at me as well. And you can, if I think about times where somebody has asked me why, or even if they prefaced it, like you said, even if it was, oh, I just want to understand, like, why would you do this? Or why did you do this way? Or why did you use this calculation? Whatever it may be. But there is this feeling of sort of judgment. And for me, it, it brings up these feelings of like guilt or shame even mm-hmm. a little bit, <laughs> you know, um, because it. Even if they're just wanting to understand, there's something in that where I feel like it's easy for you to get to a defensive place and think, well, I just did it that way because that's the way I want to do it or whatever it may be. Like, why do I have to explain myself? So it's a tricky one. It's true. That one, why do I have to explain myself? You Mm -hmm. hear that's a common response. The other thing I thought too, tagging that as well is when you – use why it forces like you said it just a bit ago it forces the person to have to come up with an answer when they may not have an answer and now and sometimes they'll even lie or exaggerate or make an excuse and now it's made it worse <laughs> like so let's say i don't know uh, why did you put the paint can over there because i thought it looked good over there why would it look good over there like you know like you know, <laughs> i don't know why i said paint can but let's go with it <laughs> There's no paint can anywhere around me, but that's what I saw in my head. I saw a paint can, <laughs> but it's that thing. Of, and it just perpetuates this why answer because, well, because, and then, so I thought that was really insightful as well. I can see, I can see why we should avoid why. Mm-hmm. Maybe if there was a probing, like the reason I'm asking, I have a quick, I want to ask you why you chose X, Y, and Z. And the reason I'm asking is because A, B, and C. Then maybe that would be less judgmental because they understand the whole con- the whole context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking as well just a moment ago to when you were saying that you'll say, okay, explain that or tell me more. I wonder if that can even be used in some of these situations where you might be tempted to say why. So versus yeah. saying, you know, Karen... Why did you put the paint can over there? <laughs> Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you for I, using my example. I could say, <laughs> could I instead say something along the lines of, Karen, explain the thought process? Or like, that sounds judgmental <laughs> no, too, that right? Does. Like, that how, totally how does. do we avoid that? How do we get around that one? That, yes. Huh. Well... <laughs> Okay, how about this? Okay, on the spot. Why do we need an answer? Maybe the fact that we're probing, we're not probing a conversation, we're probing an answer. Maybe people can tell the difference between a conversation and an answer. Mm -hmm. 
So then what do you say, and this is more of a rhetorical I'm yeah. using here, but what do you say if you're genuinely wanting to learn something from somebody? Uh, example, if I'm in a workplace and I have my coworker that sets up his spreadsheets in a very different way than I do, but I'm seeing that that's really working for him. So I want to ask him, why do you set it up like this? Mm-hmm. I can see how that would maybe be perceived yes. not so well on his end. Like, what? Why? Why are you asking me why I set it up this way? <laughs> but I'm actually just genuinely curious. Like, I'm like, yeah, teach me your ways. Mm-hmm. I guess I could say that. Teach me your ways. Yeah. <laughs> can I learn from you? Can you mm-hmm. Can you teach me this? Can you mm-hmm. Can you explain your thought process because I think it might work yeah. better for me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think I think so. I think that's it. I, I noticed your your spreadsheet's different than mine. Would love to hear um, how you how you do yours. How? See, there we go. We change uh, it into a how yeah. question instead how, of a why yeah. question. There we go. Wow. Okay. There wow it is. for how. <laughs> how is wow. Hashtag. No. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, on that note, I'm going to segue because I found a quote that I thought was really cool. And it's by Thomas Kuhn, he's the American philosopher of science, and he's the one who kind of coined the paradigm shift phrase. Mm. That's his thing. Okay. He's, I thought it was a great quote. The answers you get depend on the questions you ask. Yes. And so that's where that, uh, that kind of empowers this whole topic of the answers you get are, are, it's really the, it's not about the answers. If you're getting frustrated by the answers you're receiving, Maybe perhaps it's the way you are offering the question. Right. And wouldn't that be amazing if if you're frustrated with the type of answers and responses you're getting, wouldn't that be amazing to think that it's just in the it's just the style of question that you can adjust how the person reciprocates by how you ask your question. So I thought that was cool. I really like that. I actually have been known to say in a conversation before, let me try that again. Like if, if I'm not feeling like I'm getting the information that I want, I'll say, can I ask again? Let me try, let me try that again. Let me ask that Mm -hmm. again in a different way. Um, so I think it's okay for us to to do that. (laughs) I've even noticed for us on our podcast, there's times where I, oh, I wish I rephrased it differently and I can tell like, oh, so I like what you're doing. Like that whole, I'm going to just rephrase that. I don't like even at stopping yourself. I think that's a great idea. Let me rephrase that. Let me ask that in a different way. I'd like to ask that in a different way. Because I think that shows also that you're just being yourself. And I think just that alone shows a connection that you're really sincere and vulnerable. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Great. Um, so actually, this is very in line with what we were just talking about. But our third point, we segued way to it without acknowledging it is our third point is aim to collect stories instead of one or two word answers. So we we did touch on this a bit. But this when I earlier when I was saying well, what happens if you ask them what's the co- your favorite color and the favorite color is red. Now I'm just left with a one word answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So again I think really this idea of asking for explanations, asking those hows being genuinely curious, I think, is really important in, when it comes to open-ended mm-hmm. questions as well. You have to really actually want to hear what, 
what they're going mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> I think for storytelling, a good way is to start your questions with when. Mm. So let's say, um, and when it could be used, if we used your colleague's Excel sheet, when did you learn to use, when did you learn to create this type of document? What, what prompted you to do that? Or when did you realize that this was a better way for you to do it? That when will create a story for them to, it will lead a story. So I thought that was cool. I think a way, and this is totally just a Brenda-ism. This is just something that I <laughs> I think works for me or I've discovered. To think for myself about what kinds of information I like to share. So when I think of my own life and like what kinds of things I like to talk about or what kinds of information I like to share. And then those will be the questions that I'll ask from people. I know that sounds kind of silly, but it's like, I know that I enjoy talking about these things. So I'm going on a limb and assuming that other people want to talk about themselves in that way as well. Mm -hmm. Everyone likes talking about themselves. Let's Mm -hmm. admit it. (laughs) Um, I noticed uh, I was having a coronary dinner with Madison Madison's my daughter. Hello. Shout out. <laughs> and um, uh, she was storytelling. Like she would go, okay, what is your favorite birthday you've ever had? And then you had to think. And But I noticed at the night she, she, she constantly did these engaging questions that made me reminisce. And I think that's another way to get stories is to reminisce, like find something like, and what triggered me to say that is what you said, you know, I would enjoy talking about this. Let me see if they would enjoy it too. You know, that whole thing you're reminiscing. And I think that's also a powerful tool to help people to reminisce of a time before Mm -hmm. this time. I like that. Definitely. Hmm. And there's something about memories as well, right? Yeah. Like, I think. Yes. When you, like, when we think of memories, all of a sudden there's different emotions that come with it. Some sometimes people will like have smells that come to their nose or sounds mm-hmm. associated. So I think there's a lot of conversation that could be sparked from mm-hmm. thinking about memories that could take you down so many different pathways. And mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun to learn a fun way to learn about people. And referring to open-ended questions, there's so much I don't know about you. I, you are like an encyclopedia all of a sudden, like, I, I have no idea how you think, what you feel. I don't know anything about your story. So I think that's another thing of going in knowing, wow, I can just ask anything. Mm -hmm. I can ask anything because I know nothing about this person. And, and I agree, I agree with what you said there. People do enjoy to tell their stories, especially when they know you're generally interested. That's a good one. You triggered this thought. I know we have one more, one more point to make, but quickly, I was recently talking to one of my friends and she was basically like, well, what do I say? Because it's, it was more of a flirting sort of scenario, but she was like, what do I say? What do I, you know, what questions do I ask? How do I try and start a conversation with this person? And I'm such a deep diver that I immediately was just like, well, just ask a deep question, like ask what his family dynamics are like. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like ask something that's really going to get them talking. And to me, that seemed like a very normal thing to do. 
But I realized through this conversation with my friend that that's not necessarily something that everybody is comfortable with. And so I am just curious for our audience listening and for you, Karen. Great question. Is that okay? Can we go straight to these deep diving questions or do we need to stay more in the what is your favorite color land? Like, again, it might be another one of my rhetorical questions. I'm just kind of throwing it out there for us all to think about. But you know, like, what is your level of comfortability when it comes to a more surface level question versus a deep diving question? Do you feel if somebody asks you something that's too deep, does that put you off? Is that something you don't want to talk about? Ah. Just curious. That is a great question because if you're if that's your natural, that to you is really uh, that's that's a very engaging conversation. That's what you're all about. You're not interested in what sports team they like. You know, you're going to be more way more. I think that's great because you're you're actually still you're showing interest in who they are. Imagine if you just said to I know I'm supposed to ask you what sports team you like. No, tell me about your family. Like <laughs> I think there's a way to to let the person know that this is where I go. Okay, so our fourth and final point for the day on why open-ended questions are so amazing and and how you can do it is even when you must ask a closed-ended question, you can ask it, you can ask an open-ended question at the end, excuse me. So such as, what else would you like to say about that? So this again touches on what you were saying earlier. So stacking those questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that. What else would you like to say about that? Yeah. I mean, that'd be a great one for the color question, right? Yeah. What else? Also, people don't know how much you want them to talk. Sometimes people aren't, aren't giving you a lot because they're not sure if they can, like, Mm -hmm. are you, are you walking away or like, where is this going? And so they, they're testing the waters. So for you to relax and go, well, what else? Okay. So what else would you say about that? You got, what else, what more do you have to say? Like, what other thoughts do you have? That shows that, no, I'm here. Like I'm actually here to engage with you, which I mean, I would love that. If someone said, you know, um, how do you like, how do you like San Diego? I think San Diego is great. Okay. And what else? What else do you like about San Diego? Not just that. I'd be like, oh, wow. They actually want to have a conversation with me. I think, I think that's very meaningful. So yeah. Good, and good last point. What I really like about this, uh, about that particular open-ended question is how open-ended it really is <laughs> in the sense that it allows the person that's being asked the question to take it anywhere Sometimes as a person receiving questions, I get a little uh, nervous if a question is open-ended but still pointed. So if somebody was like, hmm. tell me about the, you know, your favorite parts of what you do for your work, that could, that's an open-ended question. They're allowing me to answer with many things, but it is still related to the things I like about my work. So then sometimes that makes me nervous because I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do I, what do I like about my work and how do I want to explain this? But if someone said something like, well, tell me more about that, then I can, it really allowed, mm-hmm. gives me freedom mm-hmm. to guide the conversation and maybe even take it somewhere else. So I think mm-hmm. I like that that question takes pressure off of the ask e 
Well, we've reached the end of our time today. Our our short half an hour with you all. <laughs> it's so it goes so fast. It always does. So to summarize some of what we've talked about today, we talked about open-ended questions. And why are open-ended questions important? Well, there's several reasons, but some of them the 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 four that we really put out there is that it helps you engage in conversation. It helps you initiate conversation. It helps keep your conversation going and you could learn something new. I think that point really resonated with both of us and likely resonates with our audience too, because that's why you're listening because you also enjoy (laughs) learning new things. (laughs) And then we talked about how you can get those open-ended questions going. So starting with how other W words that are not why or uh, was. Mm -hmm. We talked about aiming to really collect stories from people rather than getting short answers. And if you do have to ask a close-ended question for whatever reason, that you can ask an open-ended question after. So really stacking those questions. Mm -hmm. In a nutshell, that's what we just talked about in the last In a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Any closing thoughts today, Karen? You nailed it. No, that was good. That was good. Practice makes perfect. That's the only thing I will end with is practice makes perfect. So if you're someone like me who gets a little nervous around open-ended questions and small talk and meeting new people, just keep practicing. Mm, Great. (laughs) Okay. Thank you all for joining us today. And we'll be back next week with a new topic on Do That Well. Bye-bye. Bye.